Welcome to episode 11 of Colorado Water Talk. My name is Eric Skye, joined today by my colleagues Ben Wade. Hello. And Sarah Leonard. Hello. And today we get to talk about a program near and dear to CWCB, the InStream Flow Program. We get the chance to talk to CWCB's very own Kara Scheel and Colorado Water Trust's Executive Director, Andy Schultheitz. First up on this soon-to-be-awarded podcast episode is Kara Scheel, a hydrologist in the in-stream flow section for CWCB. Hi, Kara. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. You bet. So we're going to just uh, lob you up a softball to get started here. Can you tell us how the in-stream flow program originated? Yeah. So in the 1970s, lawmakers and the general public were becoming increasingly aware of environmental issues. So think Endangered Species Act, Clean Water Act, NEPA, all these happened in the 70s. And then locally, Coloradoans were becoming increasingly concerned over dry stream reaches. At that time, there was no mechanism within Colorado's water rights system to keep water in the stream for environmental purposes. And the first federally imposed bypass flows were being considered as part of the Fryar project. Plus there was threats of ballot initiatives to allow for private in-stream flows. So the Colorado legislature got together to pass Senate Bill 7397, which established the in-stream flow program. This bill vested the CWCB with the sole authority to appropriate or acquire in-stream flow water rights to preserve the natural environment. Since its creation, the in-stream flow program has helped protect over 9,700 miles of stream and 480 natural lakes. Awesome. That's a great overview. And so what exactly is an in-stream flow water right? Yeah, so it's a little bit different than other water rights. An in-stream flow water right is in channel or in lake um, on a reach of river or a natural lake. So we define the flow rate as the minimum amount of water necessary to maintain the habitat for the natural environment, which can be any water dependent species such as fish, macroinvertebrates, or plants. In-stream flow rights are year round and similar to a natural hydrograph, the flow rate changes throughout the year depending on the needs of the species. And so how does an in-stream flow water right come to be? Well, there's really two ways. We can appropriate a new in-stream flow or acquire existing water rights. So to appropriate a new in-stream flow water right, the CWCB works with our partner organizations that recommend reaches of river they're interested in protecting with an in-stream flow water right. We take that information and perform our own analysis to determine the viability of it, and then we present our recommendations to the board for appropriation. And then secondly, the CWCB can acquire existing water rights, either on a temporary or permanent basis through our water acquisition program. The water acquisition program is a voluntary program that allows water rights owners to donate, sell, or lease existing decreed water rights to the CWCB for in-stream flow purposes. An in-stream flow water right is similar to any other water right in that it follows the first-in-time, first-in-right rule and is administered within Colorado's prior appropriation system. Also similar to any other water right, if in priority, CWCB can place a call on the river to help boost, boost flows in a reach. Okay, so we're, we're going to talk briefly about CWCB placing a call uh, on a river, but let's go back. Can you tell us who these partner organizations that you work with that recommend reaches of river they're interested in protecting? 
yeah, they can um, be federal partners. So like the U.S. Forest Service or the Bureau of Land Management. Um, we have state partners. We work often with Colorado Parks and Wildlife and then other non-government organizations or conservation groups can also recommend our program. Great. Thank you so much, Kara. Okay. Now, when a call is placed on water rights, I imagine it does not please every party involved, right? Yeah, it can be controversial. However, in-stream flow water rights are held by the CWCB on behalf of the people of Colorado, and it's our responsibility to maintain flows and healthy habitats for fish. Our rivers support Colorado's recreation and tourism economy, provide habitat for fish and wildlife, protect our native sensitive and endangered species, and support healthy riparian corridors, which in turn help prevent erosion and attenuate floods. Plus, they help us keep doing the things we love to do as Coloradoans, like fishing and boating. It's increasingly important with the extra toll that climate change and drought are taking that we have a mechanism to protect our ecosystems. And we're able to do all of this while using the Colorado water rights system. So first in time, first in right, which provides regulatory certainty for water users. Thank you so much, Kara, for joining us today. That was awesome. Definitely. Thanks for having me. Now to another guest, the executive director of the Colorado Water Trust, Andy Schulteis. The Water Trust has been a longtime partner of CWCB and has been critical to finding new projects for the in-stream flow program. Thanks for joining us, Andy. Great to be here, Sarah. What is the Colorado Water Trust and why is it unique to the state? Well, that's, that's a really good question. We were started 20 years ago by, not by the state, but by a collection of water attorneys and engineers who wanted to get more senior rights into the in-stream flow, uh, flow program, which we've been doing now for the past 20 some odd years to the tune of something like 50,000 acre feet, I think is our, our, our total right now, which is a fair amount. There are other water trusts elsewhere, but we're by far the biggest one and um, um, other than Oregon, which is a completely different hydrological situation. So a water trust is like a land trust. We enter the market for, in this case, water on behalf of the environment, on behalf of rivers and streams. We are not a policy organization. We don't try to get the law changed. We don't do politics in any way. We are just our participant in the market, except our goal is not to consume the water. Our goal is to keep more water in streams for as long as we possibly can. Uh, and for as many miles as we possibly can in the rivers. So we look for willing partners who own senior water rights and work with them with, uh, for a solution that works for them financially and, and works for the environment as well. There, there's starting to be other water trusts now popping up. There's one in Arizona that's new, that's doing really well. There's one in Texas that's new, that's, that's doing a lot of stuff. So um, it, it's a growth market. Um, somewhat unfortunately, that's because there's more scarcity now than there ever has been. But it's it's a really promising solution to our to our challenge. Do you that's, think that the Colorado Water Trust is? Um, are you seeing that it's like a model for some of these other states that are having the newer water trust? Are they reaching out to you? Yeah, very much so. It, the challenge is, of course, is that the the legal. And hydrological situation is different in every state. Colorado has a very, very well-developed uh, system of laws, including a whole system of courts 
devoted to water rights, which uh, no other state has, to my knowledge. Uh, so we, yeah, we are looked on as a model for other states because we have been thinking and legislating and administering on this subject for a very long time. And we're the headwaters, right? So our water is what feeds Nevada and Arizona and Southern California and Utah and uh, most of Utah. And, uh, and so we're really important. And other states are looking to see what we do um, with our shortage situation uh, very closely. Yeah. Great. Thank you. And um, can you explain to listeners what the difference between in-stream flow water appropriations and acquisitions is? I can, yes. So an, an appropriation is a brand new water right. That is, it has a priority date of whenever it was proposed. So if you propose it in 2021, it has a priority date of 2021, which means it's very, very junior. Uh, Appropriations do happen quite a bit. CWCB does make new appropriations. Uh, that's not the part of the, uh, the the water administration system that the Water Trust deals with. The Water Trust was created 20 years ago by a bunch of engineers and water attorneys who wanted to get more, more senior water rights into the in-stream flow system. And the only way to do that is to acquire them. Um, buying them outright occasionally, but that's unusual, uh, more likely creating a deal with a water rights owner where they will use their water for part of the time or less water uh, or otherwise encumber their water rights, perhaps compensate them for that loss, but then keep the rest of the water in the stream for as long as possible. And that's what the Water Trust does. We cut deals with the water rights owners. And one misconception about the in-stream flow program is that water users give up their water rights to the state when they choose to participate. Can you explain why this is incorrect and why that's so important to know? Yes, it, it's, that's very rarely the case. You know, every once in a while, uh, they, uh, a water right will be flat out donated, but that's very unusual in the water trust experience. What typically happens is they will uh, allow a portion of their water to be used for in-stream flow or environmental purposes, often compensated either by the water trust or by the state. Uh, but then they use the rest of it for whatever its purpose was. And there are special tools, legal tools, that the state has that allows uh, water rights owners to do that without losing the rest of their water rights. So they still retain the whole right, but they can use it for environmental purposes when it's appropriate for them uh, and uh, and kind of kill two birds with the same stone, although that's a very bad analogy. Kill two fish with the same stone, maybe, um, or save two fish with the same stone. But anyway, it's uh, it's it's very important that those tools exist. Otherwise, there would be very little incentive, other than just the goodness of their heart, uh, for a water rights owner to allow their water to be used for in-stream flow, for environmental flows, etc. Now, can you tell us at a high level some of the challenges to finding water for in-stream flows in an environment with declining runoff, particularly in reservoirs? Yeah, this is this is it's becoming more and more of a challenge, right? Because climate change has reduced the amount of flows in our rivers, and that often happens regardless of how much snow there is in a winter. I think this is a common misconception among average Coloradans who see, you know, a, what looks like a fairly normal snow year 
but then it doesn't materialize somehow in the spring in in the runoffs that we expect. And a lot of that is because it's become so hot in the spring and it's uh, and the hotter it is, the more water plants use both crops and wild plants. And that reduces the amount of water that makes it through the ground into rivers. Uh, so this has become a, a pretty major challenge for us and population growth isn't helping either. But um, as we move along into a water scarce future, the really the only solution other than the hard hand of the law cutting people off, which is what we really don't wanna do, is to share water, to, to reach agreements with water users where um, both the river and whatever their business is can uh, can both benefit at the same time, maybe with some compensation if they're losing some some crops or whatever they're doing, but uh, but sharing water between different uses is the future of Colorado, and that's not me speaking uh, because I love fish, and it's not the state of Colorado speaking. That's Mother Nature speaking, and we have to listen to her. And speaking of sharing the water. Um, turning more to how all of our listeners can actually relate um, in a way. Why is the in-stream flow program important to water-based recreation, such as fishing and rafting? Yeah, so so you can't raft on a dry stream, right? Uh, it is, or nor can you fish when the when the fish are stressed out and or or not even alive anymore. Um, it's the rivers are important to us in many many ways. Uh, you know, we when we go hiking in the backcountry, um, we do it in large part because we want to camp by a, a river. I mean, that is the most, some of the most beautiful parts of Colorado. When we go hunting, you know, we expect healthy elk and deer populations and they can't be healthy unless there's water in rivers. The whole ecosystem of the mountain West, the arid West depends on rivers and depends on them flowing. Uh, and, and it's it's our self-identification of the beautiful state of Colorado. Without rivers, uh, it's it's something very very different. So, and, you know, in people, there are businesses that depend on rafting. There are businesses that depend on guiding people to the right spots to catch trout. Um, and then there's there's businesses that rely directly on water, like like ranching and farming and and industry. All of these different uses. Um, have grown up with Colorado and now are facing a, a water scarce future. So uh, it is crucially important that we learn how to share those resources together uh, or there's going to be um, a lot of conflict. And, and, you know, that's the last thing we need right now is more conflict. Yeah. And, uh, you know, because this is a state program and we work with partners like the Water Trust, um, it might be it might seem challenging for the average person to get involved with something like this. And I think that everybody can agree that this is such an important program and we all care about having healthy rivers for recreation and for other uses as well. So Andy, what is uh, a way that our listeners can get involved or help out? This is, this is a, a pet project of mine, even though it's not something that the water trust does directly. It's a, this is such a complicated area of law and policy and administration that people get intimidated by it. Um, they, you know, the, the classic wave your hand and say, oh, this is too complicated. 
Uh, you wouldn't understand it's too complicated. We have to stop doing that as uh, the the people inside the circle who actually understand how the how the water administration process works. We have to bring more people in, more Coloradans from different walks of life uh, to understand actually how our water works and how little of it there is. Um, I, I don't know about you all, but I grew up on the East Coast where um, the problems we had with our rivers were the opposite of what we <laughs> what we have here. There was too much water sometimes. And the and tiny obscure rivers, you know, that that I grew up with are ten times the size of the Colorado River, which which you know feeds forty million people. So, um, and, and Coloradans sometimes understand that and sometimes don't. And I think it's crucial that people learn how water is distributed in Colorado, what the priority system means, and how why it was established, and how and get involved with the conversation about our future because there is nothing more important to our future in the climate era than than how we deal with our water shortage i could not agree with you more that was very well said thank you um and yeah i think that's all the questions i had for you today so thank you andy so much for joining us thank you appreciate the opportunity and people can learn more at coloradowatertrust.org there's a lot on our website Thank you to those who have listened to our podcast worldwide, but I do have one question for our Colorado listeners. Are you water aware? Well, CWCB has released a water awareness survey to help us better understand public opinion, attitudes, and awareness of water issues in Colorado. Please visit engagecwcb.org to take the survey today. And just a quick reminder before you run off for today, the next water plan grant application deadline is December 1st. And in case you missed it, we've launched an online grant application portal to streamline the whole process for our applicants. So say goodbye to clunky Microsoft Word formatting shenanigans. Now at this time, it's only a pilot program for water plan grants, but stay tuned for announcements on when this portal will be used for our other grant programs next year. As always, if you have any feedback on the podcast, please visit our website at cwcb.colorado.gov or leave us a direct message on Twitter at cwcb underscore DNR. <laughs>